This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, you know that big announcement that I keep telling you that we are going to have? Well, turns out we're going to have it today. Also the latest in Iowa. It is, of course, the night that we've all been waiting for, the Iowa caucus. All of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez coming to you live, well, sort of live, uh, from the tundra here at Blaze TV Studios. Um, I am not exaggerating. I mean, I might be a little bit, but on set, it's a lot warmer than it is out in the studio hallway and in the offices. It was 40 degrees this morning, I'm told, and I think it warmed up to like 58 maybe. So um, I dressed appropriately for the weather, both outside and inside. I am also joined today by Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line, along with Steve Baker, of course, Blaze Media's investigative reporter, and um, I can't wait to get to the latest story that you've broken today on January 6th later on in the show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big one, and guess what? He's not done yet. They're, they're just going to keep coming. Um, so that my announcement was that the weather, the weather was, that it was cold. No, That's it wasn't. All. No, it wasn't. That's all. I'm kidding. And it's 11 degrees outside, 48 inside. That's Okay, that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I am very excited to announce that starting January 29th, you will no longer see the news and why it matters. Yes, you will actually uh, be watching a show called Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, and it will be uh, premiering at 7 p.m. Eastern rather than 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central that you guys are used to. So we're going prime time, baby. Not like Alex Stein, but just actual prime time. And uh, we've got a lot of really fun things lined up for you. Remember when I told you guys, it will, maybe it will look a little bit different than this. And maybe the intro song might sound a little bit different than what you just heard. All of those things are true and they're like ready to go. So buckle up. Get ready, January 29th. Remember, I just said it's a new time, so don't come to YouTube or Blaze TV Livestream or Pluto and expect to see me on Monday, January 29th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a 7 p.m. Eastern uh, that you are going to watch the show. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different, but it's going to be the same Sarah Gonzalez that you're used to. And unfortunately, if, if you're on YouTube, it, it may be a little filtered. I'm not filtering it, but, you know, you got to stay on the channel. So... Um, but uh, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, you can, of course, watch that totally unfiltered at blazetv.com. Make sure that you have a subscription. Um, so I want to get to the Iowa caucus, of course. Uh, we, I feel like it's been, you know that uh, meme of the, the woman from the Titanic that she's like, it's been 84 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. Uh, <laughs> we've been waiting that long for the Iowa Republican caucus. And uh, the wind chill, with the wind chill, it's going to be Minus 35 degrees Fahrenheit. So I feel like a huge baby for complaining just now about the weather here in Dallas because 
much worse over in Iowa. It'll be interesting to see how that affects the turnout. Obviously, there are going to be some people who are just not going to want to brave the cold. Um, but I want to give you some quick polling numbers here. So uh, the latest is that Trump is polling at 48 percent in Iowa. Haley, this is surprising to me, Nikki Haley at 20 percent, Ron DeSantis at 16 percent and Vivek at 8 percent. Um, so why do you guys think that is, if you had to guess? I'm not, I feel like, am I watching a different Nikki Haley performance than the, the good people of Iowa? Because I can't fathom Nikki Haley uh, being as she's been in the debate so far and pulling at 20%, even above Ron DeSantis. H- help me work that one out. I, if I may, straight off the bat, there's an I told you so in here, okay? <laughs> but I don't trust this poll for one second. Do I think Trump is only at 48%? I do not. Mm. I do not, number one. So I don't trust any of those numbers. It's not that, I, that, I, that I'm only zeroing in on Nikki Haley. There's no way. There's no way Nikki Haley polls stronger than Ron DeSantis truly polling. This is a boost. Trump is higher than 48%. You will see. You will see. And the last told you so is Vivek not to be trusted. Mm. I told you I don't trust this guy. You came after me on this show. I don't trust him. Apparently the president doesn't either. And we will get into that um, right here in a second. Steve, yeah, your thoughts unless on this? Nikki has just managed to carve out that remaining part of the establishment vote in yeah. Iowa, and it, and it, and it is 20%, I don't know. But, but we, we are counting on Iowa. Hello, we're counting on you to yes. extract her yeah. from this yes. race. Please, please. I don't want to hear her identity politics anymore. Oh, I'm a woman. I can do everything better than you guys. What was the am- ammunition and heels or whatever that was? Yes. It was like... What? But also remove her from the VP conversation, please. Just get just that concerns just me. absolutely move that aside. Yeah, that uh, that really concerns me. Um, so I want to uh, read. You mentioned. So I jumped the gun. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You mentioned uh, Donald Trump finally just being done with Vivek. It was a fascinating balance. It was a delicate balance that, that they both had, that they both walked because, you know, Vivek was basically saying Donald Trump is the greatest president in our lifetime. Okay, well, he's running. So why vote for you and not for him if that were the case? Um, so, of course, he changed that into if you want to save Donald Trump, you need to elect Vivek. And uh, Donald Trump over the weekend posted on Truth Social here, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter. Uh, The best president in generations, et cetera, is, of course, that's in quotes. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly, but a vote for Vivek is a vote for, quote, the other side, end quote. Don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. The Biden indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They are already beginning to fail MAGA. Um, And, of course, he followed that up with another one kind of saying the, the exact same thing. And Vivek responded... I've defended Trump at every step and respect him immensely. You won't hear me attacking him. I'm asking for your vote tonight because I believe it's the right thing for our country. We cannot walk into the other side's trap and watch the puppet masters quietly trot Nikki into power. Um, Steve, your thoughts on the... uh, the I don't don't think that Trump has uh, kicked Vivek to the curb yet. Uh, It's just that Trump is 
is just inherently incapable of saying nice things about anybody who <laughs> criticizes him in the very least. It is his New Yorker bull in the china shop uh, attitude. And when it comes time, if he wins the nomination this time and he wants to look at Vivek as his running mate, I don't think that this will, this will uh, even show up on his radars. Uh, look, he will forget that he said it in the first place by the time that rolls around. And if and if Vivek comes kind of groveling a little bit, I think he would. I think he would take him back. I think he would. I just don't understand why these guys don't remember Reagan's eleventh commandment. That's mm. the thing that irritates me the most yeah. about mm-hmm. this entire yeah. primary season. I completely the, the agree. The whole process it's 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 off, and, and and it's and it's a cannibalistic process. I don't. Trump's history tells you he's going to go full fledged. He he just about demolished Ted Cruz in that race, and then came back and then he with in. in Allowed Ted back in. So yeah. I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think that this is a kick to the curb, bye bye, see ya, you, you stabbed me in the back situation. Nor, nor do I think there's a place for Vivek as VP. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think, think there's room for those two personalities in, in the same <laughs> vacuum. I, I don't think so. On both sides, I don't think so. And so, so Vivek in the cabinet? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The right spot. The right title, the right target, let him go hunt, he'll go. And he's sharp, he's, he's amazing. I don't 100% trust him, <laughs> but there's a place to put him where he's not close to the football. But Trump and him VP, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. But I also do see a spot for him in a Trump administration. Absolutely. Because Trump knows talent. Right. Yeah, and, and he needs... Uh he, Vivek is so effective as a disruptor. I mean, you saw the difference in the last debate with just Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. He w- Vivek was missed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It got boring. It got dull. I mean, not to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be respectful of, you know, their answers. But sorry, Vivek coming in and calling out, you know, CNN and calling out mainstream media and calling out, you know, the people how he does in such an effective manner feels a little bit theatrical and feels a little bit... Um, over, uh, over rehearsed, but it is effective in mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, uh, bringing some flavor to the conversation. And so it would be very sad to have that completely go away. So I do hope that he finds a spot for him somewhere. The person that I hope he does not find a spot for yeah. is Nikki Haley. Exactly. I can be real clear about that. Look, when, you draft, yeah, when you draft a football team, you want the best 52 players on the field. You, and, 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 he, and he should have a spot. He should be there. He should, because he's a great asset, but, but just not in a place where you're wielding power and making decisions to that degree, where you take direction from a Trump and from leadership and say, now go hunt. Mm-hmm. Go dog, go hunt. You know, and he, he, could be, he could be brilliant in that position. Um, but we don't need a subversive like Nikki in that cabinet I at all. Right. Nikki needs to right. Nikki needs to move away from the conversation period. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. people that are Nikki Haley, you're not you're not seeing straight. Right. Honestly, you're not seeing this woman for, for what she really is and behind the scenes what she really touts her record, the whole deal. I mean, yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, I mean, it will be fascinating to see. Obviously, Iowa is not everything. I would like to point that out. Obviously, it is ju- it's just one state. Um, and while it is historically, it is significant and uh, it does have historical importance, you know, I mean, to your point about Ted Cruz, 
look what happened at the Iowa caucus and look where we ended up. So it's not always that like, oh, if you win the Iowa caucus, you're definitely going to win uh, the presidency. We know that that's not true, but it will be fascinating to see, especially with the temperatures, who has that factor, who has that X factor to make these people brave minus 35 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, with wind chill temperatures to go out and make sure to caucus uh, for their particular candidate. If you had to, if you just gun to your head, who do you think that candidate is that has the most passion and energy behind them in Iowa? Well, first, gun to your head, disarm, shoot back. <laughs> so gun to your head's not disarm. <laughs> oh, right. It's just a figure of speech. <laughs> okay. Your question. <laughs> Look, I, I think Trump co- comes back here at the end of, the, at the end of the, all of this, deep into the 50s. I think so. I really do. I think personally, uh, you know, a, a DeSantis surpasses a Nikki Haley, although it's northern, right? These are northern states and weird things happen there, especially when there's brain freeze. So things can happen. But I think people do turn up. Um, we have some of our members speaking tonight. Um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Vivek performs better than 8%. Mm. I wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me. But I'm expecting Trump to be deep into the 50s and DeSantis to be above Nikki. That's, that would be a fair shakedown after the people spoke, not the pundits Yeah, for me. Yeah, Steve. Well, there's been the discussion that with Trump's followers being older is that it might be more difficult for them to get mm. out today and tonight in that regard. And it might, we might see a suppressed number there and a higher number of the younger, more stalwart individuals that can handle huh. that, that temperature. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to, to see. I want to go through um, a couple different stats here that I found interesting. So a new Gallup poll out. Um, has a record low number of people that identify as Democrats, uh, which is 27%. Uh, They have record-tying 43% who identify as independents, and this is uh, the same as 2014. And so this actually is going to give an edge, they say, to Republicans because those who marked independent were also asked if they leaned one way or the other. So you're independent, but which way do you typically lean? 45% leaned Republican. 43% 43% leaned Democrat, and this is the only, only the third time in the history of Gallup polling that Republicans have had any edge at all. At all. 36% identified as conservative, 36% identified as moderate, 25% uh, identified as liberal, and um, in the past four presidential elections, Democrats had Previously, at least a five-point advantage in leaned party identification. That is no longer the case here. So independents are now, I mean, we always talk about independents as being important. Of course they are. But uh, they are now, apparently, if you believe this Gallup poll, the largest and arguably the most persuadable demographic um, out there. So, you know, with things like inflation, And, uh, you know, you go to the grocery store, everything costs more. You go to the gas pump, everything costs more. You see what's happening in the schools. You see what's happening with, you know, um, I think we'll probably get to this later with, like, all of these DEI programs going on. Um, You know, like, who cares if your plane crashes as long as we satisfy all of our DEI quotas? I mean, really crazy things are going on. And independents are taking note. So I want to throw one more stat out here before we go to break. RCP, RealClearPolitics.com, they have their betting averages that I love to look at. And I mean, they're they're just betting averages, so like take it for what it's worth. But uh, for president right now, they have Trump at 37.6 percent, Biden at 29 
5.0%, Haley at 10%, and Newsom at 6.6%. Take that for what it's worth. No, no, Interesting. No, no, yes, he's in there. Don't be surprised. <laughs> Don't be. Because, yes, because I think the idea is they go to convention yes, and, and they just replace him exactly. with yeah. Newsom or... Yeah. I know they said I'll, Obama, I'll, to but your, I don't To think your so. previous set of stats, and that is yeah, fun to look at, uh, real quick, is it's interesting what role RFK Jr. is playing in the independents. Is he maybe moving them towards the right? Possibly. It may look like that, but that, they, that they go, well, Trump aligns with him more than a Biden. Just want to throw that out there. We thought they would, he, would, he would take from Trump, mm-hmm. but he may be moving people towards him. You know, Senator Rand Paul just in the last couple of days went on a severe anti-Nikki Haley tirade mm-hmm. over in a tweet after tweet after or I knew after, I liked after him. X after X. Yeah. Uh, but he also did throw in the idea of the fact that RFK Jr. was uh, a little bit attractive to him. Now, him being more libertarian or of whatever, course, of course, that yeah. that that certainly would he would want to throw that into the conversation but I don't think that he, he I don't think even he thinks of, of thinks of RFK as a serious candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, let's go ahead and uh <clears throat> take a quick break. When we come back, Steve, I want to talk about your latest on January 6th and also the latest on what's going on with your case. Um when we come back, first I want to uh remind you guys if you have not yet seen We have debuted the second episode of our docuseries, Blaze Originals. This one is where Glenn traveled to the quickly evolving Liberty County, Texas, to give you the real story of Colony Ridge. Now, if you watch this program, you're you're familiar with Colony Ridge. We've talked about it. It is growing extremely fast at a rate of 200 lots per week. And based on what Glenn and the Blaze Originals team observed firsthand, the overwhelming percentage of residents are Spanish-speaking non-citizens. Yes, these are actual, like, neighborhoods popping up where these illegals can come in and they don't have the paperwork required that you and I would need in order to secure a mortgage or to secure a loan, but they're able to do this and live right here in this development. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Okay. You can now, if you're not a subscriber yet, you can now get $30 off using the code colony Ridge. If you go to blazeoriginals.com. not only are you going to get this documentary. You're going to get all of the Blaze TV exclusive content. It is like it's less than if you do the the math, it's like less than a cup of coffee per month. It's well worth it. It's blazeoriginals.com. Get $30 off with code Colony Ridge. All right. Well, thanks to uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson, we now have permission to release Capitol CCTV footage proving that a member of Nancy Pelosi's security detail, Special Agent David Lazarus, perjured himself on the stand during the Oath Keepers trial. Now, he was actually brought in to corroborate another Capitol Police officer's account. That was Harry Dunn, who we also have proof he perjured himself. So Lazarus was brought in to corroborate Harry Dunn's perjury, uh, claiming that he had an antagonistic encounter with the Oath Keepers. And of course, the footage proves that's not actually the case. So obviously, these lies were used to put innocent people in prison, ruin their lives, ruin their families' lives. And of course, their attorneys did not have access to that footage at the trial that we are or have released today. So I want to play some of this latest that we have put out uh, of this proof of perjury. And I want you, Steve, to, to, to fill us in on this. Watch. 
Don rejected the defense's argument that members of the militia protected him. I don't conflate my story. He had two separate FBI interviews which were in conflict with one another. In the first FBI interview, he actually gave a favorable story about his encounter with the four Oath Keepers. And he stood in front of Harry Diamond for almost six minutes. After he was brought in for his second FBI interview, he changed that story. He was fighting back insurrectionists across the Capitol while being called the vilest racist names. So what they did is they brought in another officer, special agent, David Lazarus, to kind of bolster that story and give it more credibility by saying that when he arrived at the top of those stairs, that he saw Dunn standing at the top of the stairs being hassled by these Oath Keepers. At the time the Harry Dunn Oath Keepers encounter began, he was not in the same building. Hmm, Steve, it's almost like this is this was all a big plot. <laughs> Look, I have been assiduously avoiding the uh, setup narrative of this mm -hmm. and the conspiracy side of this. Well, I, you're on the wrong show today, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I I am firmly in the. It was allowed to happen mm -hmm. camp. Mm -hmm. That's, I could, you know, we could spend hours differentiating sure. that. But, but before we even get deep into this, and I take your questions, I do want to say this. I want to say, regardless of what America, individual Americans think about the Oath Keepers, whether you're on the left, whether you're right, liberal, conservative, whatever, whatever you think you know about the Oath Keepers, whatever you don't know about the Oath Keepers, whatever you've read about them in the mainstream media, the most important issue, far more important than who they are or what their intent was that day, was we do not need federal officers perjuring themselves, lying under oath in federal court with no accountability whatsoever. And that appears to be where we're headed right now because we also learned this week from Capitol Police sources that the current chief has no intention of investigating Lazarus. I don't know if that's going to stand after today's video release, though. It just, I don't understand how it's possible that we are living in uh, every day. It's like this, you go, well, I feel like this is a banana republic, but no, I mean, this is America. Like we, surely these types of things would not be allowed to happen. And then every day you find something new and go, Nope, I think that's, uh, yeah, no, it is a banana republic, and um, there definitely is a two-tiered justice system, and uh, everything is rigged, is where I'm at at this point, especially with the more that you uncover and bring up, and I know you're not done. We're not, clo we're not close to done. In fact, I have been uh, sending out requests you know, on social media over and over and over again for months now saying, if you have evidence, I don't care if it's the sedition hunters, mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the Department of Justice, I don't care if it's the Capitol Police, if it's other congressional investigators, if it's independent individuals that were there at January 6th with their own cell phone cameras and their Facebook live feeds and all that, if you have evidence that corroborates the stories in his book, in his testimonies uh, at his, before Congress, uh, in his FBI interviews of Officer Harry Dunn's mm -hmm accounting of that day of what he did give me something because I've seen it all now I've I've harvested a day in the life of Harry Dunn from the Capitol CCTV video and I can't corroborate anything 
that he has said that he did that day that made him the hero of the day, that, that gave him the privilege of earning a congressional medal, a presidential medal, a book deal. It's, not, it's just, and now he's running for Congress. Yeah. No, of it's course. Not well, well when, when, when you kiss the ring, you get elevated. Uh, when you are willing to be the guy to, to perpetuate the false narrative, they take care of it. They take care yeah. of their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they do. Ask Hollywood. They, they take care of them. Uh, may I ask please, a question please. on this? A question. Okay. I, and, and I 100% support what you're doing. It's incredible. Thank you for this. It's patriotic. We need it as a nation. The truth has to come out. Somebody, I, I can't find myself to think it's just an in-the-moment Entering a building, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at Ray Epps, yeah. when we look at the day before, it's on camera. No, we got to go in. No, we shouldn't. Fed, fed, fed. They call him a fed. No, we should go in. Mm-hmm. There was orchestration. Yeah. There was orchestration. And, and, you know, and so for that, who knows how long that took. But for me, there was orchestration, whether that is whipping up support in the moment, mm-hmm. but there were individuals. They still won't answer how many individuals exactly. there were. So there was premeditated orchestration to to take a rally blocks away, tie it to a narrative and somehow whip up support by by whatever means and and then, you know, push through these barriers and knowing being allowed to enter, being escorted out of the building. Great. Not handcuffed all peaceful mm-hmm. and then lie about who's where and who got who, who got hurt and who didn't get hurt so many lies mm-hmm. your point about not perjuring this is happening daily now oh yeah you've got federal officials perjuring themselves lying in court you almost can't trust you know under oath at all anymore when it comes to to court today so the lead up the build up the question is what is your thought on that how organized was it by the other side plants not? Was it all sporadic? Look, there were absolutely, irrefutably, agents provocateur okay. in the crowd. Mm-hmm. They were there. Mm-hmm. Who were they working for? I don't know. I actually don't think that they were necessarily coordinated and working together. They, there, were, there were probably pockets of, of smaller groups that had their own disparate agendas that day. But once you start doing the job of acting as an agent provocateur, then in a crowd that size, with a little bit of violence, with a little bit of nudging, a little bit of help, then the mob mentality kicks in. And then of course, then we obviously, we have the evidence now from, I'm sorry, Metropolitan Police uh, body cams of them, the cops actually saying for every one of these grenades we launch into the crowd, you know, we're pissing off another 10 of them. Mm-hmm. We may be taking one out, but we're increasing the size of the, uh, and the scope of the anger being directed back at us. now. I have been on the record since day one of this. The, the uh, Capitol Police did not draw first blood. That was that first line of provocateurs. The first person shoved over was uh, Officer Carolyn Edwards at the, Bra- at the Ray Epps breach line. He leaned over and he whispered in Ryan Samsel's ear. Two seconds later, the barricade is forced over. She falls over, hits her head on the step. Now, I'm, I'm an old school, uh, you know, if you steal my horse, I'm, I'm going to hang you guy. I'm, you know, one of those kind of libertarians. I thought that right then that the Capitol Police had the justification they needed to draw their weapons. And then it's over. It never happens. 
nothing goes further from that mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. Yeah. When they started taking spears in the face from these broken fencings, when they started getting hit by uh, heavy objects and water bottles, I am of the opinion they had justification to draw their weapons. I'm not saying they had to start firing on the crowd, mm -hmm. but they would have backed that, that off. And then the same thing when they breached the Capitol itself. There was a, there's a, the video of the cop squirting a little, you know, a tear gas canister at the first two guys coming through the window instead of drawing her weapon. Yeah. I, I, I never have quite reconciled myself with that, even though I understand the use of force training from the United States Capitol Police now that I didn't understand then. But it went too far. It was allowed to go too far. So I want to ask you really quick, because I know we got to go to break, but I want to ask you, last time you were on the program, I believe you, we had talked to you because you were told to surrender yourself, yeah. um, yeah. right? And you're, I noticed you're here in studio. So tell us, tell the viewers, what's the latest on your case? I'm actually staying here, right here on this set until they come and get me. <laughs> So and you, you guys, better believe Sarah Gonzalez is going to be there with her phone recording. I'm going to get all up in their faces right. because you know what? I'm I'm on the same watch list as you. Who cares? Yeah, I'm think, already there. I think it was December 14th uh, when my attorney got the call from the FBI saying that they were going to require me to turn myself in, mm -hmm. self-surrender, uh, the next Tuesday. I mean... The blaze went into high gear. Um, in less than 30 hours later, my attorney received another call from the FBI saying, okay, well, we're going to delay that now until after Christmas. And then my lead attorney, because we have six, I have six attorneys on this case already, uh, and may, we may have a, a dozen by, by the time we get there if they continue going forward. But So my lead attorney, he contacted the, the new U.S. attorney that has my case uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, and the, the, the new AUSA said to my attorney, uh, now it's going to be sometime mid-January, and we will give Mr. Baker seven to ten days' notice because they, they have been cooperative with my travel schedule and my work schedule. And so, well, here we are. Uh, it's mid-January, and we still haven't heard from With them seven yet. Seven to ten days to do what? To turn myself in. And to, for, to what end? To what end? To a trial? To, to uh, no, this will, this will to be the questioning. The, to no, a, no I've, they've already done the questioning. This will be what? the processing. It will, I will present myself at a courthouse in a, the city of my choice to the U.S. Marshals. Uh, I will be fingerprinted. I'll get my, my mug shot. I don't think I'm going to try and replicate Trump's mug shot, uh, but I'm going to uh, <laughs> have to go through that, stand before a magistrate. Uh, and then I have been told that they will release me on my own recognizance because my crimes, for whatever they are, because they won't tell me yet, uh, are nonviolent. And so once that is established, then I will be released uh, back as a danger to society. Uh, with, with a future court date? With well, the, they'll, at, with that at that point, it all begins. Then, yeah. then the next step will be I'll, I will have to stand before a judge in D.C. And you still don't know what you're accused of? No, they won't, they won't, they tell. won't tell them. They won't tell well, me. I, I know, yeah. but I'm asking yeah. a rhetorical yeah. question. Yeah, no. Of course not. You were not told what of you were not. accused of. But, do you, but the, the great part is the reason given why the assistant U.S. attorney told my attorney he won't tell me what's coming. It's because he said Mr. Baker will immediately tweet it out. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh my God. This is the types of things that I'm talking about from the last segment. True. How are we living in this? Technically not true. He'll exit. He'll exit. He'll, he will what, post, you'll post correct. it. That's correct. That's correct. That's fake news, FBI, fake news, DOJ. FBI. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. That is so typical. Not that it's not true.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So just as a refresher, when we left on Friday, the Texas National Guard had taken control of Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, where just this massive amounts of illegal immigrants uh, are now just kind of putting up shop and just staying. And Joe Biden was actually asked over the weekend if he thought that what was happening at the border was a crisis. Here is that response. Mr. President, would you call the situation on the southern border a crisis? No, but I would say with a react. I've been pushing them, my Republican colleagues, since I got in office. I think we have to make major changes in the border. I've been pushing them. Prepared to make significant alterations in the border. Negotiations going on for the last five weeks. I'm hoping we'll get there. No, no crisis here. Don't worry about it. Nope. Did all of those immigrants that you saw at Shelby Park? Nope. Don't worry about it. Uh, Eric Adams screaming for help from the federal government because they're being overrun. Nope. Don't worry about it. Uh, Chicago, uh, New York, you name it. I want to play Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker, who, of course, recently boasted about signing legislation making Illinois one of the most friendly and welcoming city for migrants. Now he's like, "Uh, hey, guys, why is it always us, the Democrats, who have to take all of these illegals? Watch. Not enough has been done. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the president needs to do more. The Congress needs to do more. Uh, Cities out here that are the target of this political game that Governor Abbott is playing uh, are suffering. And uh, here in Illinois, it's minus 29 degrees uh, outside with the wind chill. Uh, We have migrants that arrive from Texas virtually every day, uh, hundreds, and uh, we don't have places to put them. We don't have enough shelter space here. There are plenty of other cities where, you know, if he's going to send people, they could be sent. But no, he's choosing only Democratic states, Uh, Democratic uh, cities. uh, uh, uh Uh-uh. Sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. Yes, you deemed yourself a sanctuary city. So I don't know why you're being so unwelcoming to all of these illegals. Last week, um, we took our team, our anti-trafficking team, took the Illinois Freedom Caucus, led by Representative Chris Miller, whose wife is Mary Miller, U.S. Congresswoman, and she joined us as well at Shelby Park, at Eagle Pass, and Del Rio, took them down there and showed them the truth. This is a day after they fleeced. Speaker Johnson and lied to them and sanitized the whole place and cleaned it up. And Mary Miller was there with Speaker Johnson. And then she stayed over. And like I told her, you'll see something tomorrow you won't see today because they dress it for the politicians. And I took them to critical sites, private property. Um, Blaze should really run this. Go to my social media and go look at those interviews, what Mary Miller discovered and how she then went to Congress and said, we should shut the government down if the government doesn't do something on the border. And the Freedom Caucus from Illinois came because Pritzker says, we're a sanctuary city, we want federal dollars. They've received federal dollars for years. 
but they don't actually want to receive the problem that comes with being a sanctuary city. And so Pritzker is a criminal, number one. The stuff he's doing is diabolical. The stuff the Pritzker brothers are funding is diabolical. It's frankly demonic. But the Freedom Caucus in Illinois, they're fighting back. And many of them, Mary Miller and others, are fight, uh, Marshall Blackburn is fighting back, and she's from Tennessee. They're feeling it. You know, Nashville is toying with sanctuary city status mm. and what they want to do. So all these sanctuary cities, sometimes in red states, right? You're going to feel it because you asked for it. So share the burden because it's cold in Texas too. Thank you very much. This excuse, it's cold up here, don't send them, is nonsense. You asked for it. Share the burden. And it's 9,000. 9,000 ma- migrants broke oh, Illinois' backs. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> boo-hoo. Why don't you call El Paso? Walk through Texas. Right. Go to El Paso. Go to Eagle Pass. And we'll talk again. It's almost like these guys are not listening to the interviews even before these migrants cross the border. Where are you from? I'm from China. I'm from Laos. I'm from Nigeria. I'm from Venezuela, wherever they're from. And where are you going? I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to... Seattle, I'm going to New York City. I'm, they're already announcing that they're going to one of those Prior sanctions. to crossing the border. Long before they're ever put on a bus. They're going to a friendly city because right. they were trained through the Darien Gap. And when they came up through the Catholic Relief Mission, go check them out. Only, only about a billion dollars invested by IOM, International Office of Migration. They're being trained on their way. Say you want to go to Chicago because it's a friendly city. Friendly meaning wackadoodle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to. I want to read a couple. Uh, a couple different headlines here from the New York Times. So, because I mean, you know, you got you really trust the New York Times to tell you uh, truthfully whose fault the border. I'm sorry, the border not crisis is because Joe Biden says it's not a crisis. So the border not crisis. Uh, they said, of course, they said. December, they admit that border officials process 300,000 migrants, the most ever recorded, but that Republican leaders have failed to negotiate over the past decade. And they have they bring a false perception that Trump era policies or Trump era policies work. Don't pay attention to the actual statistics while Trump was in office. Don't please don't go do your digging. We here at The New York Times promise you that what we're saying is true. And uh, they say Biden has not taken appropriate steps to fix the border crisis, and Democrats are more open to a solution now than they have ever been. And here's my favorite, the kicker. Uh, here's a, yeah, go ahead and put that up. Worse. If Mr. Trump is reelected, he will have new tools at his disposal that he could use to terrorize immigrants and make the chaos at the border even more acute. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Listen. <laughs> I'm saying this a little bit tongue in cheek, but a little bit not. I think even the Democrats now would prefer the whole like cages bit rather than just releasing them into the interiors of the country. Because anyone with a functioning brain understands that they have to be placed somewhere while we vet them. And they certainly have to separate adults from children while we vet them to know Yaku, how many times have you seen a stranger bring over a child and it turns out, oh my gosh, it's not actually their child and we have a duty to protect these children and that's actually what was happening with the whole cages bit. So I'm pretty sure that anyone who's watching all of this happening is like, you know, I'm fine with bringing the cages back if we can't just do mass deportations, which obviously eventually needs to happen. As long as they keep the cages here in Texas, they don't want to move those cages anywhere else for the optics of that. Right, 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 exactly. 68% of the time a child crosses the border, it is not with a family member. 
68%. And yes, there will be traffic. And so what is the, hum- yes, what is the humane thing to do? Sepa- separate them from the adult while they check it out or just let them on in? Anybody that tells you that they are even asking questions yeah. of these folks are lying to you to your face. Not at all. This administration wants this. 100%. They want this. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, congratulations, the uh, Federal Aviation Administration. This is, of course, the FAA, the same FAA that's responsible for, like, all the planes that you travel and stuff. Um, They are actively recruiting people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities as part of their... (laughs) As part of their DEI plan. So what could possibly go wrong? Um, and here I want to pl- I want to read you this quote from their DEI uh, program under its people with disabilities program. The agency says it actively recruits, hires, promotes, retains, develops and advances people with disabilities, including hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability and dwarfism. What could what could possibly go wrong? Things have been going so well up in the sky, too. What could, what could possibly go wrong? Well, when you set the protocol with the commander-in-chief shaking hands with ghosts, <laughs> not knowing his wife's name, then I guess you've got to follow through. and you got to, that, that becomes your DEI protocol. Let's go get the Hillary projection deplorables. You, well, do you, Steve, want a uh, schizophrenic as your pilot? I don't want a schizophrenic working in the Boeing manufacturing plant. Mm. Because if there's something wrong with them already... in the mailroom. Mm. Oh, not in the mailroom, absolutely not. Nowhere. There, there's, there's always peripheral problems, with, regardless of what we identify as the chief, the, the, the thing that we see, whether it's transgenderism or whatever, there's other issues going on as a result of that, neurologically, psychologically, and no. I, I don't want them doing rivets on the wings of the planes that I fly. That's but you right. know what? I don't fly. That's right. No, but we fly. We fly a lot, and we don't want. We don't want. I was on a plane the other day, and the fuel started leaking out of the wing. We had a shut, and literally, and I'm like, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, see fuel coming out of the wing. But you won't know. This is the deal. You won't know which airline. You know who's hiring, who's got the schizophrenic, who's got his hands on the joystick. You know, we may want to take you for a joyride. I mean, it's just, it's just, this is a problem. This is a, a sign of culture imploding. Absolutely. It is a banana republic. This is not how you run a country. I just, I was already terrified of flying. It's a little known fact. I, I'm absolutely terrified. Like, I hate it. I didn't always used to be this way. I don't know what changed. I think that I became a lot more anxious when I started having children. And, like, there's a lot more pressure to, like, be here. And um, this just I this is going to be crippling for me, knowing that all of these airlines are just fo- I mean, you had Spirit that came out with that god awful commercial with all the women like that's what I want to see women running the show. That sounds terrible. Um, and then you have United who's talking about, you know, making sure they're hiring people of color. And now you have the whole FAA like. Yeah, we just want like uh, schizophrenic, schizophrenic, mentally um, dis- disabled people flying your planes. But you know, a deeper conversation no? is, I think, because they're anticipating under a new Trump administration that the pilots union is going to start pushing back on woke culture. The flight attendants union is going to start pushing back because the pilots don't want this. And so how do you change that? 
You just get more of your own kind in there. Mm -hmm. It's like planting agents. It's kind of like J6. Yeah. Planting people on the inside that'll work for you, you know, because they their writing is on the wall. Sarah, there's the only tide's so many planes you can yeah, because there's only so many planes you can crash before people say, hey, maybe the, maybe this isn't a great idea. Maybe you should hire just like good pilots. But you maybe won't know. That's good the air problem. The plane will crash, and you won't know that it's a that's a it's a person. Look, and I want schizophrenic people to get help, but I don't want them to fly the plane. Okay, <laughs> getting get help. help doesn't involve piloting my, my yeah. plane. Well, you know, historically, <laughs> when a plane crashes, it dominates the news cycle for days on end. Sure. But if we start losing planes due to DEI, yeah. then the media... Oh, you won't see it. Oh, the media you will start brushing it, those... It'll be like the F-22 that disappeared. Paper. Where did... Yeah. Now extremely terrified and uh, we have to take no, a break we'll on. be right back god did not give you a spirit of fear i am sound mind i mean no. all right on today's episode of laugh so you don't cry uh, i saw a funny tweet from greg price he said the entire dallas cowboys team when the calendar shifts from the regular season to the playoffs watch It did not go well last night. I will say I did call it mm -hmm. because it's the Cowboys. And everyone was like, but they win at home. And I was like, not in the playoffs. Not, not in the matters. playoffs. Yeah, exactly. They, not when it matters. They just completely fall apart. So that is uh, what happened, of course. And I don't think that that's changing until Jerry Jones is not around anymore. Tell the team. He will never pry it from his cold, dead hands, Yaku. Thanks, you guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.